All right, well, we're there in uh, Isaiah chapter 60, and we're so close to being done with the book of Isaiah, I can taste it, you know? I mean, we've, we've been in it for a while now, and we've just, we, we're in chapter 60, and uh, there's only 66 chapters, so we're, we're almost there. And uh, Isaiah chapter 60 is kind of a, a little bit of a continuation from the previous chapter, and it, it's a contrast. And I just want to quickly show you two verses from chapter uh, 59. If you look at verse number 9 in Isaiah 59, you remember the theme of Isaiah 59 is basically found in verses 9 and 10. It says this, Therefore is judgment far from us, neither doth justice overtake us. We wait for light, but behold, obscurity, for brightness, but we walk in darkness. We grope for the wall like the blind, and we grope as if we had no eyes. We stumble at noonday as in the night, and we are in desolate places as dead men. The idea is that the days that the children of Israel were living in, and, and, and even the days that you and I are living in, are dark days. They are days, as you see the last three words there, verse 10, as dead men. There are dead men walking today in the night. Like blind men, like those that have no uh, eyes for the brightness, but we walk in darkness. And, and that's the day that we live in today. It, it is a dark time. It's a dark time spiritually. It's a dark time morally. And Isaiah uh, spoke about that in, in the previous chapters, and it's been a theme throughout the book of Isaiah. But as we kind of get into the last stretch, starting in chapter 60, and, and it kind of continues on through the rest of the book, we get into this idea that a new day is dawning. There are brighter days coming. And he kind of begins to give some hope to the people, to the fact that it's dark right now. It, 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 it's, it's, it's death right now. It, it's, it's a time of, uh, of stumbling, and it's a time of, of maybe discouragement. But there is a new day that is coming. And that's where you begin in verse number 1 of Isaiah 60. It says, Arise, shine. Remember, I don't know if you remember, a few weeks ago I went through a list of common phrases that we give and in, 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 that we speak in our language that all came from the Bible, just common things. Well, this is where that rise and shine comes from. You know, if you ever told your kids, rise and shine, you know, it comes from Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1, where God says, arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. So he just got done telling them, you know, you walk in darkness like blind men, like those which have no eyes. You stumble at noonday as in the night. He says, it's like a place of dead men. But then he says, arise and shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and the gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee and the Gentiles shall come to thy light and the kings to the brightness of thy rising. Now I want you to notice that he says, you know, the, the, the light's going to rise. He says, arise and shine. He says, the light is coming. It's going to rise upon thee in, in verse number one there. It says, the glory shall be seen upon thee. The Lord shall rise upon thee in verse two. Verse three, it says, the brightness of thy rising. And what it's talking about, it, he's, he's illustrating that there's a new day coming and he's saying that the new day begins with that rising of the sun. And I want you to understand, in the Bible, the sun rise pictures the Lord Jesus Christ. The sun itself is a picture of Christ. And the rising of the sun pictures the fact that today is a dark day. Today we're in the hour of darkness. But the sun is rising. 
A new day is dawning. A brighter days are coming. And I want you to uh, just show you that in the Bible. Keep your finger there in Isaiah chapter 60. That's our text for tonight. But go to Malachi chapter number 4. Should be fairly easy to find. It's the last book in the Old Testament. Malachi chapter number 4. And look at verse number 1. Malachi chapter number 4. And verse number 1. Just to give you... A few things to, to, to cross-reference tonight. We're going to do a lot of cross-references, looking at a lot of different things. It's going to be very much like a Bible study. Uh, at the end, uh, we'll make some applications and things of that nature. Uh, but this might be a good sermon to just kind of write some notes in your Bible, cross-references and things like that. Malachi chapter 4, if you look at verse number 1, notice what the Bible says. For behold, the day cometh. I said the day hasn't came yet, but it's coming. It's on its way. The day cometh that shall burn as an oven. And all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble, and the day that cometh shall burn them up. Now, for some people, the sun rising is not a good thing. The Bible says they love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. And for some people, the Lord Jesus Christ coming back, the returning of the Lord and the rising of the sun, it's not a good thing. thing. It'll burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. Now look at verse 2. But unto you... He says, for those of you that have your hope in Christ, that have your hope in the Son. He says, but unto you that fear my name shall the Son. I want you to notice what your King James Bible says there. It doesn't say S-O-N. It says S-U-N. But that's a capital S because it's actually referring to an individual. It says the Son of Righteousness. Notice the play on words. Arise with healing in his wings, and he shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. Now, the idea idea of the picture, because if you look at verse 1, it says, the day cometh. If you look at verse 1, it says, the day cometh. It says it twice. And then he says, the sun's coming, and he illustrates the sun, S-O-N, as the sun, S-U-N, and he says, the sun of righteousness arise with healing in, notice, it's a person, his Wings. He says, when the Lord comes back, he's bringing healing for those that fear his name, and he shall go forth and grow up as calves of the sun. I want you to notice, throughout the Bible, the sun illustrates, the sun, S-U-N, illustrates the sun, S-O-N. Let me give you another example. Go to Revelation chapter 22. Revelation chapter 22, again, should be fairly easy to find. It's the last book in the New Testament, Revelation 22. Now, when you get to the book of Revelation, do me a favor. uh, Keep your finger there or a bookmark or something because we're going to actually go back and forth quite a bit between the book of Isaiah and the book of Revelation. We'll go to another passage and then we'll we'll begin to do uh, some comparisons. Revelation chapter 22, and look at verse number 16. Notice what the Bible says. I, Jesus... And of course, this is Jesus speaking. If you have a red letter edition Bible, these words are in red letters. He says, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. He says, I am the root and the offspring of David. That's one of my favorite, uh, you know, passages to prove that Jesus is God. He He says, I'm the root, meaning the source of David. And he says, I'm the offspring, meaning I came from David. He's basically saying, I'm the alpha and the omega. I'm the beginning and the end. He says, I, I, you know, am. I always have been. He says, I am the root and the offspring of David. But I want you to notice what he says at the end of the verse. He says, and the bright and morning star. Now, he doesn't use the word sun, but think about what star do we see in the morning? Or what star begins the morning? 
It's the sun, you know. My, my daughter will often get up, you know, and, and she'll say, it's light out, you know, it's morning, you know, and she's announcing to all of us that it's morning time because the sun is out, you know, and that's what Jesus said. He said, I am the bright and morning star. The only star you see in the morning, the only, the big bright star that's out there is the sun. So you see Jesus, again, calling Uh, referring to himself as the sun, the bright and morning star. You're there in Revelation. Now keep your finger there in Revelation, but go to the book of 2 Peter. If you go backwards, you're going to go past Jude, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, 1st, 2nd Peter. If you go backwards from the book of Revelation, go to 2 Peter chapter 1. Now when you get to 2 Peter, put a bookmark or something there because we're going to leave that and come back to it as well. So I'm just trying to help you out so we can do it quickly because I know you guys are tired. You got a whole extra hour of sleep. So you you're, must be tired because when you sleep longer, you get tired. Did you know that? You see, you learn more than the Bible here. 2 Peter chapter 1. Look at verse 19. 2 Peter chapter 1, 19. We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto ye do well that ye take heed. Notice what he says. As unto a light that shineth in a dark place. Until, notice, notice the wording, until the day dawn. Talking about the morning, talking about the, the sun coming up. Until the day dawn and the day star arise in your heart. So again, what is the star that we see in the day? What is the star that begins to dawn the day? It is the sun. So again, you see a reference to the sun, linking it to the word of God and to salvation. He says, until the day dawn and the day star arise in your heart. So when Isaiah begins to speak about this new day dawning, about a new beginning, about brighter days, he said, it's dark right now. He said, you, you grope as in darkness, even in noonday. But he said, there's a day that's coming. The references to the fact That Jesus is coming, and with him his kingdom, and that will be a brighter day. Now, what he begins to do in Isaiah chapter 60, if you can make your way back to Isaiah 60, he begins to give us parallels that we can compare in the book of Revelation. Because what he begins to do is he begins to describe what we know today as New Jerusalem. And uh, so, so go back to Isaiah chapter 60 there, and then I want you to make your way to the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter 21. And look at verse, we're just going to read just a, a, a couple of verses to give you the context, and we're going to go back to Isaiah. Revelation chapter 21, and look at verse number 1. Revelation 21 and verse number 1. Notice what Revelation 21 1 says. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. So this event, if you follow the chronology of the book of Revelation, you will find that this is after uh, the judgment seat of Christ. This is after the millennial reign. This is after the great white throne, which takes place in Revelation chapter 20. This is not during the millennial reign of Christ necessarily. It's what you and I would call eternity. It's when, you know, God begins a new heaven and a new earth. And here's what you got to understand. Normally, when you and I talk about heaven, you know, we talk about, you know, if you were to die today, would you go to heaven? Or we'll talk about, you know, loved ones who have gone on to heaven. Normally, when you and I are referring to heaven, what we are actually referring to is the new Jerusalem or the new heaven and the new earth. Because most of the, the description that we have about heaven is actually a description of the city uh, found here in Revelation. And you'll notice that Isaiah begins to describe the same city. So keep your finger there in Revelation uh, 21 and go back to Isaiah chapter 60. We're going to flip back and forth. So keep your fingers there. And I want you to notice the similarities. Number one, 
For those of you that like to take notes, the Gentiles and kings of the world will come to New Jerusalem. Look at verse number 3 in Isaiah chapter 60, verse 3. Notice what the Bible says. And the Gentiles, okay, so make note of that word, Gentiles shall come to thy light. And the kings, make note of that word, kings, to the brightness of thy rising. So he says, when Jesus comes back, a new day is dawning, the light will begin to shine. And he says, the Gentiles are going to come to that light, and the kings are going to come to that rising. Look down at verse number 11, same chapter, just so you can see uh, the consistency. Isaiah chapter 60, verse number 11. He says, therefore thy gates shall be open continually. They shall not be shut day nor night. The men may bring, uh, that men may bring unto thee the forces uh, of the Gentiles. Now that word forces there, it's also translated in our King James Bible as military or wealth or strength, uh, power. It's talking about the ability of a nation to do something. And these, uh, the, the forces of the Gentiles, notice the Gentiles, and that their kings, notice their kings, may be brought. So when the sun rises, when the new day dawns, when this new kingdom comes, the Bible tells us in Isaiah chapter 60, in verses 3 and verses 11, that the Gentiles are going to come to that light, and the kings will come to that light. Now go to Revelation 21. Look at verse number 24. Revelation 21 and verse 24. Notice what Revelation... Now, I already read to you the beginning of Revelation 21, so we know the context is about new Jerusalem, new heaven, new earth, new Jerusalem coming down from heaven. Revelation 21, look at verse 24. And the nations... Now, the nations is referring to the Gentiles. And the nations of them which are saved, shall walk in the light of it. Do you see the comparison there? And notice, the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it. So the Bible tells us in the book of Revelation that there's a city coming of light, and the nations of the earth will come to that city, and the kings of the earth. Now you say, well, what, what exactly is it that Isaiah is trying to show us here, and what is it that Isaiah is trying to show the people? And it's been the same thing all along. He's trying to explain to them that, the, that salvation, heaven, is not for a group of people. It's not just for Israel. It's not just for the Jew. He says it's for everyone. It's for the Gentiles. He says, in fact, today is a dark day, but when the sun rises, when the S-O-N rises, when the new day dawns and a new kingdom comes, he says the Gentiles and the kings of the earth will enter into that kingdom. Now you say, now all the Gentiles, but notice, look at 21, Revelation 21, verse 24, and the nations of them which are saved. Do you see that? So it's those who are saved, it's those who fear the Lord shall walk in the light of it. Go to Psalm. Keep your finger there in Revelation 21 because we're going to come back to it. But go to Psalm just real quickly and uh, let me show you another cross-reference to this. Psalm 72, verse number 11. Psalm 72. See, salvation is for everyone. And, and it's the Gentiles that will come in and, and there will be Jews there too that were saved that will come in and notice it said the kings. Now, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I understand all of this because we don't understand a lot of these prophetic things, but it talks about the kings coming in uh, to, to the kingdom. And, you know, the only thing I can think of as far as a king, I do believe that during the millennial reign, we will reign with Christ. And I do believe that God will, uh, Jesus will, uh, as part of our rewards for some of us, you know, hopefully uh, I'm in that group, you know, but for some people, they will get to reign with Christ and he will give them power and authority and maybe allow them even to rule as king over territories of the world. Now we know that Jesus is the 
king of kings. You know, he, there's no king above Jesus Christ, but there may be kings under him that will, when that new heaven and new earth that will reign during the millennial reign and during that new heaven and new earth will come into that city as kings because the Bible refers to their that kings will come into New Jerusalem. Now, I don't know how all that works, you know. I, I'm hoping that, you know, we started Verity Baptist Church here five years ago, and, you know, in the last five years, we've seen many people saved and many people baptized and, and, and many people growing in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior. I plan, you know, Lord willing, if he allows me to live, I, I plan to die here. You know, I, I hopefully, I, I hope that I'll be able to pass this church for, you know, 30 years or 40 years or 50 years or however long you'll let me stick around, you know, and listen to me before you replace with somebody else. And I'm hoping that the impact, you know, I don't know if you guys think about these things, but I think about, you know, heaven and eternity and the rewards. And, you know, I don't know that God is going to allow me to do a lot of different things or have a lot of different rewards. But if he lets us rule different areas, I hope he lets me be the king of Sacramento. You know, not the basketball team, but, you know, I hope he lets me, you know, because I'm, I'm giving my life to this city, you know. And I hope I get to rule and reign with Christ Right here, you know, and then and then we'll be the I'll be the Sacramento King, you know, I'll be the shortest Sacramento King that ever lived, and that'll be fun. But uh, anyway, that's neither here or there. Go to Psalm seventy-two. Look at verse eleven. Psalm seventy-two. Look at verse eleven. I'm gonna make that Ark Arena. That, well, no, the new one, the one in downtown. That's gonna be my palace. Psalm seventy-two. <laughs> Is that one called the Ark Arena? I don't even know what that's called. Psalm Psalm seventy-two. Look at verse eleven. Notice what the Bible says. Yay. All kings shall fall down before him. All nations shall serve him. So the Bible tells us throughout scriptures that the kings and the nations of the earth will serve the Lord Jesus Christ in that new Jerusalem in heaven, in that, you know, uh, state of eternity. Go, go back to Isaiah chapter 60. Let me give you another cross-reference. Uh, so we said, number one, the Gentiles and the kings of the world, the earth, will come to New Jerusalem. Number two, the people of the world will bring gifts to New Jerusalem. Uh, are you there in Isaiah chapter 60? Look at verse number six. Notice what he says. The multitude of camels. Now, camels, that's money. You know, that's, that's possessions. He says, the multitude of camels shall cover thee. The dromedaries, which is uh, just a, a certain type of, capo, uh, of camel, of Midian and Ephah, all they sh- from Sheba shall come. Notice what it says. They shall bring golden incense, and they shall show forth the praises of the Lord. All the flocks of Kedar shall be gathered together unto thee. The rams of Nebaioth shall minister unto thee. They shall come up with acceptance on mine altar, and I will glorify the house of my glory. Look down at verse number 9. Surely the isles shall wait for me, and the ships of Tarshish first to bring thy sons from far, their silver and their gold with them, unto the name of the Lord thy God and to the Holy One of Israel, because he hath glorified thee. So in Isaiah 60 we're told that when the nations come to New Jerusalem and the kings come, they bring with them gifts. They're bringing camels, they're bringing dromedaries, they're bringing gold and incense, they're, they're bringing rams and flocks, they're bringing silver, they're bringing gifts and offerings to the Lord Jesus Christ at New Jerusalem, at uh, heaven. Now notice what Revelation 21 and verse 26 says. If you flip back over to Revelation 21 verse 26, notice what the Bible says. And they shall bring the glory and honor of the nations into it. 
Now, the word honor in the Bible has this idea of money. The Bible, when the Bible says, you know, uh, to honor your father and your mother, I don't believe it's just talking about respecting them. I think it's actually referring that you should, you should uh, you know, support them when they get to the age of that they can't be supported. And the Bible talks about the, that the elders that rule well to, be, uh, to, to have double honor. And in that context, he talks about paying the pastor, you know, and, and giving them money for their work, you know. So the word honor has to do with, with, with finance. It talks about honoring the widows, and then it tells us that we support the widows. Uh, so the idea there is that you're, you're bringing an offering. In Revelation 21, 26, he says they shall bring glory and honor of the nations into it. In Isaiah 60, he tells us what that glory and that honor is. It's these camels and these this gold and this incense and the silver and all these different things. So the people of the world will bring gifts uh, to Jesus. See, even in eternity, we'll be bringing him gifts and we'll be bringing him offerings and we'll be offering him of our best. Go, go back to Isaiah chapter chapter 60, look at verse number 11. Isaiah chapter 60, verse 11. Uh, number 3. So I said, number 1, the Gentiles and the kings of the world will come to New Jerusalem. Number 2, the people of the world will bring gifts to New Jerusalem. Number 3, the gates will not be shut in New Jerusalem. Now notice what the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 60 and verse 11. It says, therefore, thy gates shall be open continually. They shall not be shut day nor night that men may bring unto thee the forces of the Gentiles, and that their kings may be brought. So it says, the gates shall be open continually, they shall not be shut day nor night. So now notice what Revelation 21 says, because the idea is what city, what time frame is Isaiah referring to, and I believe he's referring to that new Jerusalem. Revelation 21, look at verse 25, notice the comparison. Revelation 21, verse 25, and the gates of it, shall not be shut at all by day, and there shall be no night there. So the Bible tells us that in this city, they're not going to close the gates. They're not going to shut it down. And the idea is that the gates and the walls around the city were for protection. Could you imagine a time? There'll be no alarm systems. There'll be no locking up your house, no locking up your, your cars, you know. The, everything will, will be uh, saved. You're, you're going to turn on the news, and there'll be nothing to watch because nothing got stolen because everything's great, you know, and that's the day. Uh, Dateline's going to go out of business, you know what I mean? It's going to be a good day, and he says, The gates shall be open continually. They shall not be shut. And then Revelation 21, 25 tells us, The gates of it shall not be shut at all by day, and there shall be no night. Uh, go, go back to Isaiah chapter 60, look at verse 12. Let me give you a uh, fourth thing. So we said, number one, the Gentiles and the kings of the world are going to come into New Jerusalem. Number two, they will bring gifts into New Jerusalem. Number three, the gates will not be shut of New Jerusalem. Number four, the score will be settled in New Jerusalem. If you look at verse number 12 there, the Bible says this, For the nations of the kingdom that will not serve thee shall perish. Yea, those nations shall be utterly wasted. And I want you to notice verse number 14. The sons also of them that afflicted thee. So he says, he's talking to the people that are going to go into New Jerusalem. And he says, the sons also of them that afflicted thee. He said, those people that afflicted you, those people that persecuted you, those people that troubled you, shall come bending unto thee. And all they that despise thee shall bow themselves down at the soles of thy feet, and they shall call thee the city of the Lord, the Zion of the Holy One 
of Israel. So he says, those that afflicted you and those that despised you are going to bow down at the soles of your feet. They're going to come with bending knee. Now what's interesting is, if you go back to Revelation, don't, don't go to Revelation 21, go to Revelation chapter 3. Let me show you a verse that's very similar uh, to Isaiah 16 verse 14. Revelation chapter 3 and verse number 9. Revelation chapter 3. Now in Revelation 3, he's not necessarily talking about end times prophecy yet. He's talking to the different uh, churches there, uh, and he's giving them messages. But in Revelation 3, 9, he says this. He says, Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan. Now the synagogue of Satan is referring to people who say they are Jews and are not. Notice what he says. Which say they are Jews and are not. So they think they're religious, you know, they think they're serving the God of the Bible, but they're not. Because you cannot serve, you know, the God the Father if you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ. You cannot serve the God of the Old Testament if you don't serve the Jesus of the New Testament. So, and, and, and throughout the Bible, it was the Jews that were constantly persecuting the apostles, constantly persecuting the believers. Now notice what he says, Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. Behold, notice, does this sound familiar? I will make them to come and worship before thy feet, and to know that I have loved thee. He tells them, hey, these Jews, the synagogue of Satan, who say they are Jews but are not and do lie. He said, they persecuted you and they afflicted you. He said, I'm going to make them come and worship. And the word worship in the Bible means to bow down on your knee. I know the liberals today, you know, want to call, you know, raising your hands and having a rock concert worship. But the Bible calls worship to get down on your knees. He says, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet. Not that they're worshiping us, but they'll be worshiping in our presence. They will be bowing down and we will be there. And that goes perfectly with what God says in Isaiah 16 verse 14. That the sons also of them that afflicted thee shall come bending unto thee. And they that despise thee shall bow themselves down at the soles of thy feet. See, this is why we don't respond with vengeance. We don't respond with Revenge. This is why when we are wrong, when we are afflicted, when we are, when, when we are persecuted, we are to respond with grace and love and patience and forgiveness. We are to turn the other cheek. We are to love our enemy. Why? Because it's not our job. And we talked about it last week. It's not our job to settle the score. In heaven, the score will be settled. God will make sure of it. And that's one of the great things about heaven, that the score will be settled in New Jerusalem and those that afflicted us and those that hurt us and those that persecuted us, they will bow their knee to the Lord Jesus Christ and it will happen in our presence. Go back to Isaiah chapter 60, look at verse number 19. Isaiah chapter 60, verse number 19. So we said, number one, the Gentiles and the kings of the world will come to New Jerusalem. Number two, the people of the world will bring gifts to New Jerusalem. Number three, the gates will not be shut in New Jerusalem. Number four, the score will be settled in New Jerusalem. These are all things that Isaiah talked about in Isaiah chapter 60 and that we see clearly in the book of Revelation. Number five, there will be no need for the sun or the moon in New Jerusalem. Look at Isaiah chapter 60 and verse number 19. Now some people you know, will take Isaiah 60 and they'll say, oh, it's talking about when the temple got rebuilt you know, after the exile. When Nehemiah and Ezra came back you know, to, to Jerusalem and they rebuilt. That's what Isaiah chapter 60 is about. But I don't understand how anybody could say that because Isaiah chapter 60 and verse 19 says this, the sun shall be no more thy light by day, neither for brightness shall the moon give light unto thee, 
But the Lord shall be unto thee an everlasting light, and thy God thy glory. Now, I may be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that when Nehemiah and Ezra were rebuilding, you know, when that work was being done over there, the sun was still coming up. And the sun and the moon was still coming up. In fact, it's still coming up now. Look at verse 20. The sun shall no more go down, neither shall thy moon withdraw itself, for the Lord shall be thine everlasting light. Because remember, Jesus is the sun. Jesus is that light. And he says, For the Lord shall be thine everlasting light, and the days of thy mourning shall be ended. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb... I'm sorry, good night. I'm reading Revelation 21. Verse 20. You guys were like, what are you reading? Verse 20. Uh, shall be an everlasting light, and the days of the morning shall be ended. Go to Revelation 21. Look at verse number... I messed up on my notes there. Revelation 21, look at verse 23. I want to make a note of this to fix that. Revelation 21, look at verse 23. Say, why are you making a note of this? Because you guys don't listen to my preaching, so like two years from now, I'm just going to preach this sermon again. And you guys are going to be like, man, that was really good. Revelation 21, look at verse number 23. Revelation 21, look at verse 23. Some of you husbands should go home and ask your wife, what was the sermon about? They'll be like, I don't know. <laughs> no, some of your wives should go ask your husbands. That's what it is. Revelation 21, look at verse 23. Notice what it says. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. Now, no, notice, go, go flip over to uh, ch- uh, chapter 22. Look at verse 5. Because it's described in chapter 22 also. Verse 5, just one page over. Revelation 22, 5, look what it says. And there shall be no night there, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun. For the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. Now, again, another reference to the deity of Christ. Because in Revelation 21, 23, it says that the Lamb is the light thereof. It says that the glory of God did lighten them. In Revelation 22, 5, it says that the Lord God giveth them light. So, so which one is it? You know, is it God giving us light at New Jerusalem? Is it the Lamb, Jesus Christ, giving us the light? Well, it's both because they're the same person. Jesus is God. Uh, so just something there uh, for, for those of you that, I don't know. Need, need that to prove to somebody. Go, to, go back to Isaiah chapter 60. Look at verse 21. Isaiah chapter 60, verse 21. Isaiah 60, 21. And uh, look, at verse, look, at, look at verse number 21 there. Notice what it says. So, number, so point number six, there will be no sinners in New Jerusalem. Isn't that good? Not, there will be no sinners in New Jerusalem because there will be no sin. Look at verse 21. Notice what it says. Thy people also shall be all righteousness. Everyone there will be all righteous. They shall inherit the land forever, the branch of my planting, the work of my hands, that I may be glorified. He said, thy people also shall be all righteous. Everyone there will be righteous. Everyone there will be without wrong. Everyone there will be uh, without sin. Go, go back to Revelation 21. Look at verse 24. Revelation 21. I'm sorry, not verse 24. Verse 27. Revelation 21. Look at verse 27. Revelation 21, verse 27. And there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. The only people in heaven, in New Jerusalem, will be those who are written in the Lamb's book of life, and there will be nothing that defileth, there will be nothing that worketh abomination, there will be nothing that maketh a lie, uh, because there, everyone there will be 
righteous. It, go back to Isaiah chapter 60, look at verse number 18. Notice what it says about this city. Revelation uh, chapter 60, verse number 18. Violence shall no more be heard in thy land, wasting nor destruction within thy borders. But thou shalt call thy walls salvation and thy gates praise. See, it, the, most human suffering happens at the hands of human beings. Think about, you know, the abuse and the abandonment. Think about alcohol and drugs and, 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 and you know, violence that happens. It happens as a result of sinners who are sinning. But the Bible tells us that in New Jerusalem, in that city to come, when that new day dawns, there'll be people there, but they'll be righteous. There'll be people there, but without sin. This flesh will have gone. You know, Paul said that this corruptible will put on incorruption and this mortal will put on immortality and we'll lose that flesh and 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 the sins and the lust of the flesh and we will be in our glorified bodies and it'll be a good place no tears no hurt no pain this is the city that isaiah was describing he says right now it's dark but there's a new day there's a brighter day The sun is coming up. The sun is rising. And he says, when it rises, it will be a wonderful place. It will be a wonderful city. And he talks about this. But I just kind of want to end on this point and end with this idea. If you go back to Isaiah chapter 60, look at verse number 2. And we're not, I'm saying I want to end on this point, but we're not done yet. All right, so keep your Bible open because I'm going to show you a few references. Isaiah chapter 60, look at verse 2. This is a great day that's coming. This is a wonderful day that's coming. But you've got to understand that today, today is a dark day. Isaiah chapter 16, verse 2 says, For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth. That's the day we're living in. And gross darkness the people. Now, there's coming a day. There's a new day coming. It'll be a great day. The nations will go. The kings will go. They'll bring gifts. They'll honor God. It'll be bright. We'll we'll have no sun, no moon. Jesus himself will lie in the city. And there'll be no night. There'll be no pain. It'll be a wonderful time. There'll be no violence, no sin, no lie. None of those things will be there. But today is still a dark day. And here's the problem. If you can get back to Revelation 21 and look at verse number 24. This day that's coming is not for everyone. We already saw it, but I want you to see it again. Revelation 21, verse 24. Notice what it says. The nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it. See, the thing is this. Only people that are saved will be at New Jerusalem. In fact, if you read the the context, if you read, well, let's just look at it. Revelation 21, look at verse number 8. Revelation 21 and verse number... Eight, it says, but the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars. And by the way, that's all of us. The only difference between those that are saved and, and, and the people described here is that some are sinners and some are sinners saved by grace. Some are sinners and some are sinners that have been forgiven. The people that go to heaven are not any better than the people that go to hell. Because notice what it says. And he said, uh, uh, verse number 8, But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominables and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars, that's all of us, shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. 
See, if you believe in a heaven, if you believe in a city that has a walls that never shut, that has no sun and no moon, that there's no violence, that everything's good and everything's great and everyone's righteous and everything's peaceful, if you believe in that, you've got to believe in a place called hell. And today is a dark, dark day. And you say, well, there's a new day coming. But you know, it is our job to shine the light today. Let me give you just a few references to think about. Go to Matthew chapter 5. We're going to look at three places. I'm sorry, four places and we'll be done. So we'll do it quickly. Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. And look at verse number 14. Matthew 5 and verse 14. And Jesus said this. Because today's a dark day. And there's a day coming. A day dawning. The sun's coming up. But notice Jesus said this, while we wait on the S-U-N, while we wait on the bright and morning star, while we wait on that day star, while we wait on that big light that's going to come, in Matthew 5, 14, Jesus said this, ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. He says, neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel. And here's what Jesus is saying. There's no point in lighting a, cond- a-, a candle in order to-, to hide it. He said, he said, neither do men light a candle and put it in a- under a bushel, but on a candlestick it giveth light unto all that are in the house. He said, if someone's going to light a candle, they're going to light the candle so that it can shine, so that it can give light. He says, why would we, would we uh, you know, put uh, light a candle just to hide the light? Verse 16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Now you're there in, in Matthew. Go with me to the book of Acts. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. Acts chapter 26. Let me, let me just give you a few cross-references on this idea of light. Because there's a day coming. A new day is dawning. But today, today it's dark. Today are dark days. And God has called us to light, to shed the light, to spread the light in this dark world. What does that mean? Acts 26, look at verse 18. Now again, this is a quote from Jesus in the book of Acts. So if you've got a red letter edition Bible, you'll have these verses in in red. It's it's what Jesus said, but it's uh, written down for us in the book of Acts. Acts 26, look at verse 18. To open their eyes. He's talking to Paul about his ministry to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. And he says, here's what I want you to do. To open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sin. See, the only way that someone gets to heaven is not because they're not a sinner, but it's because they're a sinner that has had their sins forgiven. And he said, he said, I want you to go out. He said, Paul, I want you to go and open their eyes. Because remember, Isaiah said, they're, they're like blind. They, they can't see. They, they're, they're, they, they, they want lightness, but they see obscurity. And he says, our job is to go and open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. What is that inheritance? New Jerusalem. What is that inheritance, the, 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 the gifts, that, the rewards that God is going to give us? Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, look at verse 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. And look at verse number 3. 2 Corinthians chapter number 4 and verse number 3. Notice what the Bible says. Because remember, Jesus said, he said, neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel. He said, there's no point in lighting a candle just to hide it. 
And, the, and, and he said, let your light so shine before men. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 3, the Bible says this, But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. See, what, the idea is this. Jesus, Jesus is saying this. Why did I light you if all you're going to do is hide the light? He said there's no point in lighting a candle if it's not going to brighten up the room. And, he, and, he, and here the Bible tells us, but if our gospel be hid, if we put a bushel over it, if we cover it, if we hide it, if we keep it secret, it hurts the people. See, if you keep the light from shining, it hurts the people who need it the most. He says, but if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. Look at verse 4. In whom the God of this world, does this sound familiar? Hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. Lest the light, notice, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. See, it's a dark day. It's a dark world. The day is coming. The day is dawning. But only sinners who've had their sins forgiven. Only sinners who are saved. Only sinners who have seen that light. And it is our job to shed the light, to spread the light, to preach the gospel, to take them from darkness unto light. See, one of our, our, the, the reasons that Verity Baptist Church exists, you've got to understand it, one of the reasons we exist is not to have a big crowd. Now, you know, our church is growing and it's, and it's grown over the last five years and praise the Lord for it. But the, our agenda is not to have a thousand people here. If we ever have 500 or a thousand people, praise the Lord for it. But our goal here is to spread the gospel, is to take people and teach them the Bible and train them and encourage them and exhort them and, and, and enthusiast, uh, put enthusiasm in them and get them zealous about going out into the community. See, if you and I, all we do is come to church and come to the church services and sit and listen and learn and we do nothing with it we're just lights that are covered and what's the point of having a light that you're going to put a bushel over there's no point of having a light if you don't let it shine and our job is to come to church is to learn the bible is to learn the doctrines is to grow in grace is to get the sin out of our life so that god may use us in a mightier way for one purpose to shed the light in a dark day. Because the only people that will be in that new day when the sun rises are those who have had their sins forgiven. And there are people all over this community, there are people all over the city who would get saved, they would get saved if someone preached the gospel to them. And sometimes we, you know, we think, well, we go out there and there's so much negativity and there's so many people. But listen, sometimes we've got to go through the 9 or 10 or 15 doors of people being rude and people being upset and people telling us to leave. Brother Ryan was telling me we got a bad Yelp review, you know, today because somebody got a flyer that they didn't like or whatever. But look, we, we go through that to find that one person who says, I want to hear it. I, 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 I'm interested in having my sins forgiven. I, I, I want to have that light. I want to accept Jesus Christ. I want to have that glory. And you've got to understand, it's our job to shine the light. So I just want to encourage you tonight. As we think about heaven and the wonders of heaven and the beauty of heaven and how great it's going to be, let it motivate you that there are people out there that will miss it. They will miss it. Not because they can't be reached, but because they won't be reached unless you and I go out there and preach the gospel and shine that light. That's why our heads.